Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome to Women's Hoops and Talks, the What Podcast. I'm Tara. And I'm Cassidy, and we've got a great show coming up. We are joined by the one, the only, Jamie Hudson, Trailblazers reporter for NBC Sports Northwest. Welcome back to the pod, Jamie. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, before we get into everything, we're going to start off with an icebreaker. And with a lot of people, we're social distancing right now. We're taking a little, there's a break from basketball. And I've been thinking, what makes the perfect basketball game marathon? Like if you could create your own marathon of whatever games, what would you put together? Would there be like a theme? I'm wondering, what are y'all thinking? Well... I've got one. Should I jump in and start? Yeah, you should start. Yeah. First of all, it's so great to hear your guys' voices. <laughs> like so many people, I've been working from mm-hmm. home and I actually have finally nailed like Google meetings. So I'm excited that I can do those things now. But just like having friends to chat with is just so great right mm-hmm. now. <laughs> so anyway, little distraction. I If I could marathon a chunk of games, I would go back and I would rewatch the 1992 to NBA finals between the Portland Trailblazers and the Chicago Bulls. Of course, Ooh. the Trailblazers did not unfortunately did not win that yeah. one. But the reason I go back and watch is because I actually did not see them. I was following the Blazers that entire season. I was super into them. But um, at the end of May that year, I was graduating from college and I was studying abroad. So I watched all of the games up until up through the semifinal or the Western Conference finals. But then I had to leave the country and I was in Greece the whole time the finals were taking place. And the funny thing about it was one of my professors was at the same, I was studying at this place called the American School of Classical Studies in Athens. 
And one of my professors was like a guest lecturer there for the summer. And he and I, both being from Oregon, were both like huge Blazer fans. And so every morning over breakfast, we'd like pour over like the English edition of the newspaper to look for any kind of basketball information (laughs) to try to keep up on what was happening. Because this was like 1992, obviously no internet. It was basically Mm -hmm. like whatever was written in the paper. So I would go back and watch that because I never got to see it. And as I understand it, there were some fantastic moments. I mean, I've seen like highlights, obviously, but I just want to go back and watch the whole thing. Nice. Jamie, how about you? Um, Well, to Tara's point, um, my husband talks about that series a lot. So I think, Mm -hmm. yes, you would really enjoy it, um, Tara. But for me, uh, I would actually love to have a marathon of of course my beloved Gonzaga Bulldogs um I would love to put together a marathon of March Madness games starting when they really jumped on the scene which was back in 1999 um and they were the Cinderella team and like nobody knew where Gonzaga was or how to even say Gonzaga or Spokane, let alone Gonzaga. And so I think that would be so fun to go back in time when, when the Zags were really popular, like just starting to be popular. And, oh man, I'm, I'm missing my March madness right now because as you guys know, working in the business, like I'm, I'm watching the NBA and covering it. So it's different than being a fan, right. And working it. And of course I really enjoy watching covering the Blazers, but it's just a different kind of feeling. So I would say I'd have to go and watch a marathon of my alma mater and be a real fan. And it would be really awesome. That's awesome. How about you, Cassidy? Um, So I have thought a lot about this because I will watch any basketball marathon right now. Um, But I was thinking a marathon of last second shot games because I think they're good games. They're good down to the end till the end. And so you've got some classics. So, I mean, obviously you can do Dame the Shot, Dame the Wave. It would be just like Um, a Damian Lillard highlight. Yeah, really. (laughs) It really could be. But I also was thinking... Elena Beard had one in, uh, when she was playing for the Sparks in 2016 in game one of their playoff series. Teresa Witherspoon had one in 1999 that was amazing uh, in a New York-Houston game. And we, then we also have Reggie Miller's eight points in nine seconds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. T-Max crazy last 35 seconds of a game. So I think just a whole marathon of those games, I would be very entertained. That would be really fun. I love it. That was a that was a really fun question. Good job for coming up with that one, Cassidy. Nice. Well, ladies, we're not quite sure where the NBA stands right now. It is on suspension. We don't know what's going to happen with the rest of the season. It, we are recording this on what day is it? March nineteenth. <laughs> Thursday, right? Okay. Yep. (laughs) So am I correct? We do not have a word on what is going to happen with the rest of the season yet. We're all just sort of in a holding pattern. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so I guess my question just sort of generally so far, like what stands out about the 1920 season? Um, Let's start with you, Jamie. What stood out for you? Well, obviously injuries. That was such a, a big storyline of this season um and it's funny I was thinking back to the start of the season I guess not funny is the right word because it's it's changed so much from fan fest 
when there was so much excitement. Um, I got a chance to talk with all the players, right? Coach Stotts and um, everyone was was thinking about, okay, there's there are high expectations right now, but look at this roster that we put together. And, you know, Nurkic will be coming back later in the season. And, um, and then Zach Collins goes down with third game of the season. And then you have Ronnie Hood. I mean, obviously you don't want to talk about all the injuries, but it's hard not to think about that the season, the difference between the start of the season and where they, the Blazers ended it before the suspension. So much has gone on. And I feel for Blazer fans because it was an emotional roller coaster of a season, especially even this last couple of weeks because we found out Yusuf Nurkic was going to return March 15th for the Houston Rockets game and then just days before the NBA um, suspended. So it's, oh, it's been a crazy emotional season, that is for sure. Yeah, emotional is a really good description for it. I hadn't thought <laughs> yeah. about it that way, yeah. but yeah, you're right. What about you, Cassidy? Yeah, it's definitely been a roller coaster of emotions this season. Um but I think highlights for me, definitely, I look at watching Gary Trent Jr. Just look, just watching that development happen and happen so quickly. That was super fun to watch. I think we got to see the mellow madness of Carmelo signing, which was such an amazing kind of moment to be a part of because it was just craziness. And I don't think we always get that as a small market team. And then we also had Dame's amazing like run of games where it was just like insanity. We're watching just like Damian Lillard take over. And then we got Nurk and Collins on the bench in the most amazing suits you've ever seen. (laughs) So I think there are a lot of highlights to the season. And overall, definitely injuries kind of overtook so far what we've had. And it'll be interesting to see what happens from here because I think no one really knows. So... How about you, Tara? So I'm really stuck on kind of what both of you guys talked about with the emotion and with the roller coaster of it. And I'm trying to think back about maybe more recent seasons that were as much of an emotional roller coaster. Um, And I really I, I guess kind of thinking back to when Wesley Matthews got injured, there was a that was a pretty much an because I think. I don't know if we went through the period where Jerome Kersey died. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there's been a lot of emotional moments, but just to have so many things happen one on top of the other. Like, I'm curious for you to when it comes to like basketball and enjoying basketball as a fan, was it what is it about it? that you miss the most right now or Jamie, even like as a reporter, like mm-hmm. what is it about mm. it that you miss the most right now? Everything. Tara. Um, but uh, just being around it and, and having that competitive feel um, and, and not only not being able to report on the trailblazers right now and watch their games, but just thinking about, going to bed and not looking at scores and not mm-hmm. looking at the Western Conference standings. Like, I mean, we were right in the the thick of it for the playoffs. And, and so the, the last few weeks have been like, Oh, you got it. We got to check this. And how did Memphis do? And how, how about Sacramento? They've been on a tear. So I just, just miss keeping up with all of that. Um, but 
Yeah, I know, like, for you too, Tara and Cassidy, you put this podcast together because you love basketball. And so to have it ripped away, it, it's it's definitely really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a it's been a crazy few weeks. And I think that is all over the world beyond the world of basketball. But I think definitely. missing basketball is um, in March, especially. It's just so hard to not not be, you know, filling out brackets and having fun and uh, watching games. And I think I miss I'd say that miss the most the part of it is just that constant upkeep of being able to I'm constantly checking Bleacher Report still. And I'm like, I don't know why I'm doing this, but like just to see sad postponed games. But I um, keep checking it because I think there's just like a habit of checking it and then checking in with certain people or I'll call my dad when something big happens in the NBA. And so I think there's a sense of community that's also lost when you lose that sense of fandom altogether. And I think that is a big part of it is missing the, the Blazers community during this time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well put. I mean, the community aspect of it is, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things about sports is it's something that we can all rally around, right? Yeah. And like mm-hmm. now we're all just kind of like, we can all, I guess, rally around whatever uh, TV shows we're live, you know, we're streaming and binging right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that I miss about basketball is I miss the unpredictability of it. And I miss mm-hmm. like being able to tune in and literally nobody knows what's going to happen. Like, even yeah. on nights, mm-hmm. you know, back in the day when Golden State would play, you know, the poor struggling Lakers, you still <laughs> you had to play the game and anything mm-hmm. could happen. You know, somebody could pull the starter. Somebody could decide to rest that night. Somebody could just go off and have the game of their life. And you never knew what was going to happen. You just had to sit there and watch it. And for me, like... I was I was joke around about like hashtag embrace the chaos and I'm starting to realize that I actually do embrace the chaos of it um, because it's organized like we know it's going to last 48 minutes and we actually know it's going to drag on way longer than that and there's going to be commercial breaks and there's going to be things that the refs do that we can't stand but like you still have to play the game and you still don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, we all kind of bond over it on Twitter or in bars or like it's kind of this thing that brings us together, even if we don't have anything else in common. And now we have to like figure out how to sort of fill in that gap. Well, that's yeah. depressing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let me switch to a little bit happier tone. Um, Jamie, what are some of the fun things that you learned about players or covered or fun stories that you really enjoyed writing about this season? Oh, that's a good question. I like that one. Um, I got to go back to Cassidy's point about watching Gary Trent Jr. come into his own this season. Um, I've written so many stories on him, talked with him um, countless times, and it's been great to think about when I first spoke with him in summer league, so two summer leagues ago, it's rookie season, and you could tell that like, you know, obviously his dad has been in the NBA, so he, he knew how to approach the media, right? But his 
his answers were pretty short, you know, a few words here and there. Um, so I got to give him credit for that, too. He's come a long way in his interviews. He really can um, <laughs> talk with the media a lot more and be more in-depth, and he's more open, which is great, um, which I always know it takes time, especially rookies coming in, and they're like, oh, my gosh, I have to talk to all you guys. <laughs> so I get it. But, um, no, watching Gary Trent um, – take this opportunity that he has been given this season and run with it and see his confidence grow, see his teammates talk about how they knew watching him in training camp this year that, you know, obviously he could score, but they were really impressed with his defense. And we've seen that guys, like we got to watch, um, he's a bulldog on the defensive end. And I know fans have really enjoyed that. And, um, more, of the, like talking about the Damian Lillard tear when he was scoring 61 points and like 50 points and in the end of January, that was really awesome because there was so much national attention as well, which there should be right for Dame. But mm -hmm. um, that was really fun to cover because night after night, I kept thinking, what well, what is he going to do next? I mean, he wasn't just scoring and he was scoring a lot, but you know, his assists were up. He was, that was some fun basketball to watch. So Everyone should kind of, if they can go back and watch some of those Jan end of January games, that'd be fun. Um, but yeah, this season has, has been really fun as well, updating fans on how Yusuf Nurkic is doing. And I know there weren't, you know, that many updates, but I will never forget when I was in Denver, this must have been beginning of January, um, Blazers playing the Nuggets and... I was walking in for shoot around and media. We got to talk with the players after shoot around and I looked up and who was running the stairs. And I mean, running the stairs mm -hmm. in full force was Yusuf Nurkic. <laughs> and that was the first time that I got to see him doing a, a lot of major activity. Um, and I thought, wow, I mean, I can't run the stairs like that. Like he looked great. And so um, that's, that was really cool. This season is, is seeing him progress and, and talking mm -hmm. to his teammates and Coach Dots about how cool it's been because it obviously was a very long road to recovery. And but now, you guys, he's continuing to, to rehab and get better. So, um, yeah, there's been there's been a lot of storylines that I, that were really fun this season. Mm -hmm. What was it like when Melo joined the team? Because I know that just seemed yeah. like insanity nationally, and so it had to be so fun for him being kind of on the inside. Yes, I I know that this year I'll I'll like years from now I'll look back and I'll be like wow I got to be there that entire season of Mello's return and what's been cool guys is that I've been traveling so much this season I've been going on a lot of the road games and so to first that first night in New Orleans right yeah he made the, his debut and the amount of media. I was like, oh, no, like, I'm not even going to be able to get my microphone close to him. Like, I was, I was trying to box reporters out because I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like, I'm about to be with, you know, this was like, I'm going to be with them the whole season, guys. Um, it was so cool to see. And, it, and it's continued. Every city mm -hmm. we go to and there's um, national reporters or local reporters that want to talk about his journey. And so that's been really cool to see. And. And Mello is a class act. He's very genuine. Mm -hmm. He's so thankful for this opportunity. And so it's been really, really awesome to, to watch this unfold. And the way that he and Dame 
work together. Um, that's been really cool. And yeah, uh, it's something I'll never forget the mellow madness for sure. <laughs> so what are you doing to kind of pass your time during this basketball hiatus? Yeah. So it's funny. Um, I'm working home like a lot of you guys are and I'm working at home and I've actually been pretty busy with work, just trying to keep updated with all the coronavirus and what's going on with the NBA and what Adam Silver is um, trying to figure out right now. I mean, yesterday he said there could be three scenarios of how and when and if the the season um, does return. And so um, it's been busy having my phone ready, right, for breaking news. Um, But also I've been able to be at home with my husband, which has been great. And we've been, I've been catching up on some of my shows, which include (laughs) 90 Day Fiance on TLC, if you guys haven't seen it. Okay, I have questions, but go on, finish your list, and then I have questions. (laughs) Okay, good, good. There's a lot happening in that show. Um, And sometimes it's very sad. I'm like, oh gosh, these poor people. Their relationships, it's crazy. But um, I've also caught up on laundry and done some spring cleaning, which I know Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of Blazer fans were tweeting about their spring cleaning, and I think that is awesome. Because I'm very much a person where I like to go through my closet and I'm like, okay, if I haven't worn this in a few months, sometimes I'm bad about that, then I'm like, okay, this is going to Goodwill. Like, I just, I like to kind of make sure everything is cleaned out, especially because I live in a tiny apartment. But, um, so yeah, I've been taking time to do that. I've been FaceTiming a lot of my family and friends, which I think a lot of people are doing. And I think that's been really great to catch up with people now that we have the time to do it and now that we are thinking about everyone else and making sure everyone's safe and healthy. So that's been probably the best part is trying is just catching up with people. It's interesting yeah. how the uh, how social media has kind of changed for me anyway, during this whole coronavirus situation, because I used to just be on it all the time, watching and waiting for the basketball mm-hmm. news to break. And now it's just like knowing that it's not going to come. I, I feel much more in control of my ability to like set it down <laughs> and not watch it all the time. And like, I'm going outside more and I'm like making an effort to like connect with people. And it's like, Oh, like, you know, it's, it's too bad that it takes this dramatic of a situation to make me, you know, rethink my habits, but you know, but here we are. Uh, Cassidy, what are you watching? Are you binging anything? Yes, I am. Um, Oh man, it's hard to admit it, but I am fully binging below deck, uh, Bravo series. Uh, it's fascinating. The yacht life. Um, yeah. So that's been my binge watch of lately. Okay. So, um, both of those, both been below deck and 90 day, 90 day fiance are both shows that I've considered binging, but Dan Morang suggested that I watch, uh, love is blind. And I watched an episode and a half and and a half of it. And I was just, I was like, no. So I'm like really afraid (laughs) to take recommendations, especially about um, reality shows. So I want, can I hear a pitch from each of you as to um, why, um, why I might enjoy these shows? Okay. Yes. Um, My pitch is that 
you get to follow around like eight different couples and the the one american has found someone you know in in another country either on vacation which is crazy or you know through uh, social media they fall in love and then it's the process of getting them to america and that process is long drawn out it's crazy there's so much that can happen and a lot of the times the family doesn't like the other person like there's a lot of drama so i don't know about love is blind but it might be pretty similar so i'm not sure if you'd <laughs> want to watch it there well like love it, is that blind, was not a good pitch they were like when I was watching Love is Blind, I was like, this just seems like what people have said about 90 Day Fiance, except for people I know who watch 90 Day Fiance. They talk a lot more about, like, the people and, like, getting to know them and kind of getting to know really, like, kind of who they are and just, like, getting more attached to the people on it rather than, like, I didn't feel any attachment to oh, okay. the Love is Blind folks. Maybe I'm sure they're all wonderful people. Yeah. Right. <laughs> But I, but I think that might be true because I do feel attached yeah. to the 90 Day Fiance people. So, <laughs> Okay, how about Below Deck? Well, Below Deck, you have the best of so many worlds. You've got amazing food, so it's like a cooking show. And then you've got amazing drama because drama. You occasionally will have <laughs> sports stars on the boat as charter guests. So then you get to see what sports stars are like when they're living on a fabulous yacht that I could never afford to ever, ever be on. Um, and then you get to see how the crew deals with all these crazy people and how they want you to feel, uh, feed like a specialty preference sheet of foods to their dog. And it's crazy and people are insane. And I love watching it. So, um, <laughs> And there's Below Deck, Below Deck Mediterranean and Below Deck something else with sailing in it. I haven't watched that one yet. Oh, wow. There's a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good pitch, Cassie. I'm I'm yeah. gonna look into it. Yeah. Low deck. <laughs> is, so it's like is each episode one what do you call it? Like boat trip? Or is each season like one boat trip? Each season is a charter season. And then there are uh, like so many boat trips. There could be like maybe nine charters, which is each trip or whatever within a season and then like some are two episodes, some are one episode, some are three episodes if there's lots of drama. So, you know, you never know what you're going to get. You never know if you're going to need to ne- wait till next week or in my case, I have like seven seasons to watch. So <laughs> That's the trick is finding something yeah. that you have a lot that you oh. can watch, like in case you really fall for it, yeah. like to give yourself like, yeah. There's like seven seasons and four seasons of one of the other seasons and then like another season. So I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Well, um, listeners can email us or tweet at us and tell us what they are watching these days. I'm watching The Great British Bake Off, which Mm -hmm. is so great. And I just think all reality shows and everything should be like The Great British Bake Off. I think like that's how The Bachelor should be. It should just be like really nice people trying really hard and being super supportive of each other. And then the end, one person is just like the best fit. And I don't know why like they can't make more nice reality shows like that. Um, (laughs) But the other thing that I watched last night, which was amazing and which will bring us back to basketball, is uh, Dan. Damian Lillard, I don't know if you guys caught it last night, but Damian Lillard had a live Instagram and he had a baby dance party with Dame Jr. How <laughs> did I miss that? this? How? I didn't see that either. That's cute. 
Oh my God. Yeah. He just like had his little boy and then another little boy and they were in their jammies and they were like in (laughs) Damien's rec room and he was like totally egging Damien Jr. on to dance and they were running around and they were just, they were just so cute. And I don't know how it's going to be after two months and everybody's been stuck at home. (laughs) But but I think, I think they are all going to be doing just fine, but that does bring us back to basketball. Um, Mm -hmm. Jamie, what, in what ways has your job really changed? I mean, I guess you kind of talked about it, but are there some mm-hmm. other ways that like your your job has changed? Yeah, for one, it's really weird not to watch, or excuse me, not to write a game preview. Like, oh. um, I I'm tasked with these how to watch, and it just you know, it's like you plug in. Okay, the game's at seven. Here's some things that are going on. Here's a quote that I got from earlier this week. You know, and it's weird not to have that. That's such a. Um, there's a few things where I would do it for every game, right? Whether it was pre-game or post-game. So that's been weird. I mean, it, it, I'm still thinking about it. Like, oh, their game tomorrow. I need to write this. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but now with all of us at NBC Sports Northwest working from home, we are u- using Slack a lot more. I know a lot of offices out there use Slack. Yeah. Do you guys use Slack? Yeah, I do. We use Google. Yeah. Okay, Google. <laughs> There's just like so many messages, which is great, you know? I mean, they're just like, okay, hey, I'm working on this article or do you got this? Um, so that's been fun because I feel like we're even more of a team now, <laughs> um, which is funny. But yeah, basically... I'm glued to my phone more actually in a way because in case there's any kind of news that pops up, any updates from Adam Silver or whatever, like I need to be on top of that in, in writing. So Tara, I'm jealous. I'm, I'm, prou- I'm proud of you and I think it's awesome. You are going outside and I'm like, oh, I want to do that a little more, which I could. I could just bring my laptop outside. I should, I should do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also different for me. I'm not a morning person, and so uh, a lot of the news comes out in the morning, and I've been used to working like a 4 p.m. to midnight shift, you know, with games. Mm. <laughs> so I will admit that's been a little different. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it also reminds me why not only because I love sports and love basketball as to why I got into this profession, but also because I love to work at night. <laughs> so, <laughs> I will admit that's been a little uh, little different for me. (laughs) Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Should we do some questions that we got from listeners? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, oh, so Rose Harding asks, uh, what's Jamie's pick for most rewatchable Blazer game this season? I have them all on DVR and def need to start rewatching soon for my sanity. Oh, <laughs> I, I love that question, Rose. Um, <laughs> it's funny. I, 
I keep thinking about so early in the season um, and that third game it, when the Blazers playing Dallas before Zach Collins went out, um, which I think you get to watch like three quarters, three and a half quarters. Um, they won that game, and, and that's when you really got to see, how, I feel like, how this team could have looked this season. Yeah. Um, so I think that would be a really good game to watch, but also it might be a little sad. Um, but I, I, any of Damian Lillard's mm-hmm. games and when he went on that tear in January, um, honestly, you guys, the Kobe game, I will always refer mm-hmm. to it as the Kobe game Blazers played in LA Lakers first game back since Kobe's death. And I was there and that's something I'll never forget either about this season or ever just in general. Um, but that game, watching the Blazers come together and you knew that that they were playing for Kobe, mm-hmm. uh, that was really special. So those are just some games that I think come to mind. I think Rose just asked for one, but I am always really like bad about just picking one. Like somebody will be like, what's your favorite song or your favorite artist? I'm like, I can't, I can't just choose one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so sorry, Rose, but I hope some of that helps. <laughs> I think we got plenty of time to watch extra games now. Yes. Good point. Good point. <laughs> and you know what? You can say as many games as you want. <laughs> can you elaborate a little bit more on what your experience was like down in LA for that? Like what was like the the, the mood and the vibe and what are some of the lasting yeah. feelings that you'll have from it? <clears throat> I'm, I'm actually in chills right now thinking about it, which is, which is crazy. Um, but being down there outside of Staples Center, um, the amount of love and and fans coming together was so cool to see. And I mean, the there were flowers and there were basketballs that were signed by fans that that wanted to share that with Kobe. And so that memorial memorial, it was like it was so cool to see. Um, just how many fans came to to put whether it was you know a letter or whatever just to share their thoughts and and thank Kobe for what he had done for them personally and um, so being outside of Staples Center that for that whole day I mean we, um, we got there at 10 a.m. and and watching fans come through and um, that was powerful definitely powerful uh, it was. It's um it's so hard to describe, but it was amazing to me the amount of people, but yet it was silent kind of. Um, so it had this feeling of like it didn't it was unbelievable. Like it didn't make sense to me how how this many people can gather, and yet it's so quiet and peaceful. I guess um, would be a word to use, but then. The, the Lakers organization and, and what they did that game um, from start to finish honoring Kobe, I, it, it was absolutely amazing. They did such a fantastic job. And I know we knew that they would, right? I mean, it's Hollywood. Yeah. So you thought, okay, they're going to, mm-hmm. and it's Kobe. Like it is Kobe Bryant. So they're going to do anything and everything that they can to honor him. But I I thought all of it was was so well done because I was wondering is all of this going to be um, 
I don't want to say the word taken away from the game, but like, how will that fit in? How will you play a game and then still have this where you can honor Kobe? And I thought all of it fit together. Mm -hmm. Everyone on the floor that was playing in that game, especially Damian Lillard, I feel like they, Mm -hmm. they wanted to honor Kobe in their own way and, and by stepping up their game and, and everyone knows that that's what Kobe would have wanted. You go out and you play as hard as you can. And so I think that, the fact that the Blazers got to be that team that mm-hmm. played the Lakers and and the, their first game back since that since the tragedy, um, I thought that was really special. It was really cool. It was also the most media I've ever seen in my life. Hmm. Um, and I've been to an uh, All Star game, so yeah, All Star weekend that probably does beat it. But there were a lot of a lot of media members, and and that was cool. I got to meet some some people from all over. And I thought that was really cool too. It's really cool. That must have been, I mean, I cannot even imagine the emotion of just being there and present into, in something like that. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, we have another, it was a lot. oh yeah. Yeah. Lot. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so another wonderful listener has sent in a question. Uh, Rachel would like to know how you've made a space for yourself uh, to develop as a reporter, especially around big personalities, because I know you work with Dwight uh, Janes, kind of dominating the space. How do you kind of create your own space? That's awesome. I love that question. Um, you know, it's funny, you guys, when I was first starting out, I was um, I was nervous that I didn't have that big of a personality. And so I didn't know if I could do this. Like I didn't know if I could quote unquote make it right. Um, and when I first graduated from college and I was sending out my resume tape, which is just a, just a couple minutes long of what you've done on camera, right? Or um, any, I've, I actually called some Gonzaga women's basketball games, which was super <gasps> cool. I got oh, to be the play, uh, not play, but I did color analyst. <gasps> so that was awesome. I've, I've never done that. Like that was my only, yeah. I wish I could do some more of that, but maybe someday. Oh my gosh. Let's um, do some games that have already been played <laughs> and call them. Be awesome. <gasps> okay. I'm down. Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. You guys, the three of us, that would be great. Um, but yeah, back to the question. I, I was nervous because um, I never thought of myself as a person that walks in a room and like owns it, right? And just like, hey, look at me, here I am, right? <laughs> um, and I was told that that's what I needed to do in order to be successful as a sports reporter because it is very cutthroat. And um, there are a lot of people that want my job, and I know that. And so, Back then in 09, I was thinking, oh, man, I don't know if, I, if I'm cut out for this. Um, and then when I thought about how passionate I am for, for basketball and how much I watch basketball and know, and know the game, I knew that I could lean on that um, because I played it for so many years. And, I mean, I lived and breathed it growing up. I was growing up in a small town and that's all you, you had to do. Um, there was not much else going on. So, um, I really leaned on that knowing that I know the game and my passion for it. And then over the years, I've just 
been a lot more confident and and I've told myself hey if I want to go into a room and own it I'm gonna so (laughs) I think that with time and experience you can you can realize that hey I can be maybe not that big personality like I'm not going to be the godfather Dwight James but I can be my own person and still be me like Mm -hmm. I think people still realize like oh yeah I don't think Jamie's gonna like bad mouth anyone because I just never I've never been like that I'm not um just I guess just a quiet quiet girl like just doesn't want to do that but or not that I would bow to mouth anyone but you know like have that um like um all those opinions I'm not mm-hmm. really opinionated in life in general so I don't really bring that out in my sports reporting that often um but yeah I think over the, the years and gaining experience um I know I can hold my own now. That's what I'd say. Well, that's awesome. And it's it's fun to watch you because, you know, you uh you add, you you bring a different perspective and you add balance and like if we just had one person to watch to get all of our information from, mm-hmm. then it you know, we'd get monotonous after a while um and we would only see one point of view and by having multiple people cover it and and bring your own personality to it it gives us as viewers and fans like i think a more rich experience of the game itself mm-hmm. yeah well, that's good i'm glad i like that <laughs> um so another fan question we've got berlacious m and we've got what is likely the most interesting blazer subplot to cover for this coming off season Mm. Well, depending on if the season returns, I've been thinking about, because now it feels like we are in the off season a little bit right now, um, Zach Collins and his return, because he was aiming to be back um, by the end of this month in March. So I keep thinking about, well, the season starts back up again in mid-June like they're saying it could possibly be um and you'd have Nurk and Collins back healthy that's pretty awesome because I went back and was watching some various highlights of both the Bosnian Beast and and uh Big Z and, and it's like oh man that, that's gonna be fun again to watch those two um so next season or maybe even this season <laughs> I think that would be the biggest thing to to look forward to or or um be focused on i'm super interested to see how the players come back not having been allowed to play in groups Mm -hmm. i mean what do you guys think that's gonna look like oh man you know there's gonna be a little bit of an adjustment period they played on teams all their whole entire lives and even in the summertime when they're working out they're like in the open gym you know and Mm -hmm. like if they want to start the the this if if they want to restart the season this year it's going to be a real short window when teams have practice before they get back you know or yeah It'll be all summer long and they still won't have played like, you know, full um, full speed games. I'm just super fascinated to see if, um, you know, high. I mean, there's such high performance athletes like 
are they just going to like step right back into it? Like that's I'm totally open mm-hmm. to the possibility that they will just step back into it and a little look like no time has passed at all. But I'm also totally open to the possibility that they'll all be out there just like and and have a little rust to um, to work off, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that is probably more likely going to have to shake off that rust. Um, I think it was Yusuf Nurkic who retweeted a video of. Um, it was a pickup game of, oh, of yeah. high schoolers, and they were really struggling to even hold on to the ball. And I think he said something like, yeah, this, that's what this could look like, um, <laughs> especially now because the NBA has said that practice facilities are, are actually going to be shut down even for individual workouts. Yeah. So that's, that's really tough. And I know, obviously, a lot of athletes have their own personal gyms, and they can keep working out, but... Not going to your practice facility where you, um, you know, can receive the treatment on if you're rehabbing something. I mean, there's a lot of unknowns on how how that will affect them. So that's that's gonna be, yeah, something to to definitely um, think about in the future if the if they do come back in this summer if the season does return. Has anybody talked about? or done a story on like how the players are all like interacting with each other and staying connected right now. I, that would be interesting to see. Cause I noticed like on Damien's Instagram story last night, uh, Mario Hazonia was on it and he was like, Hey Mario. Mm-hmm. And um, I would be interested to just know like how they are keeping their team up. Cause I know like, obviously my team at work is not the same as the Portland trailblazers, but like, you know, we started having like, you know, we're, we're doing just like a non work related check in every day for 15 minutes or for 15 minutes. Like we usually, you know, have like a coffee break, but we don't have that anymore. So we're just like getting together online for 15 minutes every day. And I have to, I tweeted this last night that, or this morning that a lot more of my meetings these days end with, I love you. <laughs> Which is not yeah. usually how it used to go. Yeah. But mm-hmm. you know, like just how to, how do they as a team, like, like their whole thing is to be a team. How does a team keep it up? Yeah, I know. I I think that there's been a lot of FaceTime, FaceTiming, um, which is good. And but yeah, you're right, Tara. That is that is hard. Um, I was just starting to listen to CJ McCollum's latest podcast, and he was talking about what it's been like being quarantined and how it's it's absolutely crazy and it's something that none of us have ever thought about um and just mm-hmm. dealing with it but i know that they are staying connected but that's a good idea tara to write that story about that <laughs> i like it <laughs> well also but before we wrap up we should you know also mention that there are a number of players in the league right now who um have come out with being diagnosed of being sick and like boy wishing them a speedy and full recovery. I just, it's got to be scary. And, you know, they're by design pretty much alone. I mean, much more so than they've ever been because you just aren't allowed to have so many people around you anymore. So I hope that they all uh, recover well and quickly and that it doesn't get, I mean, that's why we're doing this, right? Is so that it doesn't um, get so much worse that we can't handle it. Mm-hmm. Well, um, got any more questions for Jamie Cassidy? 
think that's all I had. Taking up a lot of your time already. Thank you so much, Jamie. Yeah. This was great. Oh, thank you, guys. And um, also, I wanted to say, both of you, I loved all the Bosnian beasts. <gasps> Um, chance and all the love on Sunday. That was awesome. That was Cassidy's idea. That was such that was a great, great idea. Yes, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> My neighbors think I'm insane and I do not care. Um, <laughs> they have a blazer sticker on their like window, so I think they like maybe oh, okay. were okay with it, but like yeah. they're new, so maybe we'll we'll have to talk. Well, they were probably um, <laughs> also chanting Yusuf Nurkic. I mean, for me, that's been like one of the most like heart-wrenching aspects of it because it was almost exactly a year ago. I mean, just in a couple of days, it's going to be yeah. a mm-hmm. year from that mm-hmm. moment that just like changed. Mm-hmm. I don't I won't say changed everything. Maybe it did for Yusuf. I mean, it just, it, it, it did. It changed the way everything was going and it changed one yeah. man's life. And it, you know, mm-hmm. it really rocked us as a fan base and like, him not being able to debut on Sunday was just so disappointing. So I loved your idea to go out and chant Yusuf Nurkic at 1230. And I like happened to look at my clock at exactly like 1229. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to go outside and do this. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That was, well, I'm hoping he heard all of the, the love that we were trying to spread and make sure he, he felt it on on Nurk Day, as we liked to call it. Um, yeah. So well, we're glad. I think that's going to do it for this episode of the What Podcast. Um, don't forget to subscribe to Blazer's Edge on whatever platform you use to get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and let us know what you want to he- uh, want to hear from us or our amazing guests. And as always, we love your email. So send us an email at hoopsandtalks at gmail.com with your icebreaker ideas, favorite social distancing activities, what TV shows are you watching, and what new hobbies are you planning on mastering? I'm knitting now. Um, Until next time, wash your hands, be safe, be kind, and go Blazers.